Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. So those of you who have allowed your Bibles to accompany you, why don't you join me on your feet over in the gospel according to Matthew as we stand to our feet, turning to the written word, which will prepare us for the preached word and will by God's grace honor and exalt the living word. We're in the first gospel, the 18th chapter. And if you want to, for context, when you have a moment, go ahead and look at verses 21 through 28. But the the text that will inform our sermonic time together is verse 26. And so I'm gonna read verse 26 from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Matthew chapter 18, verse 26, we're standing to our feet, turning to the written word, which will prepare us for the preached word and will by God's grace honor and exalt the living word. And if you have Matthew chapter 18 and verse 26, let this bald head preacher know by saying, let's eat. Oh, you don't sound hungry for the word this morning. If you have Matthew 18 and verse 26, let this bald head preacher know by saying, let's eat. The word of God reads on this wise. So the attendant fell on his knees begging him. Again, if you have some time later on, and I pray that you do read verses 21 through 28, um, as I will make reference to those aspects of this particular pericope. But Matthew chapter 18, verse 26 captures what I want to talk about on this morning. So the attendant fell on his knees, begging him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything and I will pay you everything you may be seated in the very presence of our Lord Savior and friend Jesus the Christ now I'm sure because I'm talking to an erudite congregation you have read this story before I'm almost positive that you know it well enough that as I preach through it, you will be able to reference aspects of the story in your mind. You you have heard this story before about the unmerciful or the unforgiving servant. But but I want to talk to you today and be honest as a pastor, as a person who holds a degree in theology. Can I can I be honest with you on today? Relove. Because, because, because this parable comes after Peter's failed attempt at piety. You know the whole uh, forgive seven times thing. Uh, I always assume, y'all know that part, right? Again, I'm making reference. I I always assumed, JB, I always assumed something about the unmerciful servant that isn't actually in the text. Now, now I say failed when speaking about Peter. I say failed attempt because Peter, expecting to get a shout out from Jesus, took what we call the rabbinic admonition to forgive three times. He multiplied it by two, added one, and then said we should forgive a whole seven times before we stop messing with somebody. However, 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 Jesus counters with a number that, while seemingly astronomical, is actually a throwback to a prophecy in the book of Daniel about his arrival and departure, his arrival and departure, stating that the Christian, who did I say? The Christian must forgive 70 times seven, Peter, right, 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 right. So, 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 so back to the cat we left pleading at the courthouse. 
He's thrown himself on the mercy of the court. And what is he asking? What is he? No, no, no. What is he? What is he? What is he? What is he pleading for? No, no. What is he begging for? See, see, I always assumed, but I always assumed it was forgiveness because that's what he received. But newsflash. It, 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 it wasn't. Notice the New International Version of this story. It says, uh, uh, quote, be patient with me. He begged and I will pay back everything, end quote. Nowhere in the text, listen to me, saints of God, uh, nowhere in the text uh, does it say he sought forgiveness. Come on, wrestle with that. See, when you preach and you call that the tension in the text, but you, that's the tension. We thought he asked for forgiveness, but he didn't. Right. Nowhere in this text does it say he asked for forgiveness, which when you understand who and what he is, it makes absolute sense. See, not only was this man proud and unrepentant, he actually thought he could get out of the debt on his own. You don't know it yet, but that's somebody under the sound of my voice's story this morning. You believe you could get out of the debt on your own. You believe if you keep the Sabbath enough, you can get out of the debt. You, you believe if you return enough tithe, you can get out of the debt. You, you believe if you eat enough vegan meals, you can get out of the debt. Am I preaching to you just yet? See, this man believed there was something that he could do to get himself out of the debt. Not to mention, let me tell you something, he wasn't really ashamed of himself for stealing the money. That's right, he stole the money. He was ashamed that he got caught. The pride, the lack of repentance, and what appears to be an acute case of entitlement is forgive me, but I must be honest here on today, extremely reminiscent of what we often see from those who continue to benefit from America's racist policies. How do you mean, preacher? Well, I'm glad you asked. See, uh, when they are prosecuted, those of the dominant caste who have wronged members of the subordinate caste come before the court with the knowledge that no matter what happens, the laws of America are written in their favor. <laughs> See, we saw this, we saw this, we saw this with the Dallas police officer, Amy Geiger, who murdered Botham Jean in his very own apartment. See, see, a conviction, listen to me, saints of God, a conviction would have carried a sentence of 90 years. However, prosecutors only recommended 28 years, but in the end, she was sentenced to just 10 years with eligibility of parole in as little as five years. We saw it again just a couple of weeks ago where Derek Shaven, who could have got 30 years, ended up sentenced to 22 and a half years and is eligible for parole in 15 years. Now, now, if you don't mind, can we compare that to Mr. Russell, a black man from Mississippi who was sentenced to life with no possibility of parole for possession of an ounce and a half of marijuana in 2019? No, 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 that, that, that life without the possibility of parole for an ounce and a half of marijuana. Or, or, okay, okay, that one didn't move you. What about Mr. Paul Carter, another black man from Louisiana, sentenced to life without the possibility of parole for possession of an amount of heroin, which according to the testimony of a New Orleans criminalist was, quote, too insignificant to weigh. This is, this is, this is, this is why those 
of the dominant caste who aren't convicted of their behavior come back from their leave with pay and end up like the unmerciful servant with their hands around someone's throat, uh, throwing them into prisons they themselves should occupy. See, they don't, they, don't, they don't come to court seeking absolution. They come seeking the time needed to pay their debt. And while I know you don't need me to tell you this, relove, the two are not the same. See, recognition of the need for forgiveness presumes penance. It, it suggests the recognition of wrongdoing. However, in a society that has and continues to perpetuate even the most trace elements of white supremacy, why would a person who benefits from and believes in such a system ever need to admit any wrongdoing? Instead, there is self-pity, there is defensiveness, and there is anger. Why anger? Anger at being, being forgiven instead of being able to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. Anger at being forgiven instead of being able to manifest destiny. Anger at being forgiven instead of being able to live a life of rugged individualism. Angry because receiving forgiveness impacts the racist and the unmerciful servants' ability to see themselves as more deserving and entitled than the people the system marginalizes. Mr. Russell would have been shocked by not entitled to any amount of compassion and forgiveness. Mr. Carter would have been surprised with not deserving of any amount of compassion or forgiveness just as the fellow servant would have been extremely grateful for not entitled to any amount of compassion or forgiveness. Are y'all listening to me on today? However, in order to extend forgiveness, the unmerciful servant and we often, listen to me, in order to extend forgiveness, the unmerciful servant and we often overlook a very important aspect of forgiveness. What aspect, you might ask? No, 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 no. It's not the size of the debt, although it's sizable. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, 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 it's, not, it's not even our need of forgiveness, although deep down we all know we need forgiveness for something. It is realizing, watch this, here it is. Come on, Holy Ghost, I need him to get it. It is realizing forgiving is also forgetting. Forgiving is also for getting. Okay, you need me to say it one more. <laughs> forgiving is also for receiving. Y'all didn't catch it. Y'all thought I was saying forgive and forget. I'm not. I'm saying forgiveness is forgetting first. <laughs> because no matter how much you like to, and I would be the first one to allow you to, you can give away a million dollars you don't have. Therefore, you cannot give forgiveness you haven't first accepted. No matter how much you want to, anything you are giving is superfluous because first and foremost, you haven't received and walked in and accepted the forgiveness that Christ has afforded you. Am I talking to anybody on today? Is there anybody who understands if I want to forgive somebody else, I first need to receive, I first need to accept, I first need to realize forgiveness is forgetting. So if you don't mind with the time that it's mine, I want to pull a couple of points from the title, forgetting, and then I'll get out of here until next week. 
Lord, help us lest we perish. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I got to be honest with y'all. I ain't going to act like I ain't going to get brand new. The debt was huge. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the debt was absolutely, extremely, unbelievably enormous. Y'all not listening to me. What this man owed was ridiculous. What this man owed was astronomical. Are y'all listening to me? The text says he owed 10,000 talents. And because we don't exchange money in the denominations of talents, you don't understand how astronomical, how enormous, how unbelievably large this debt was. I mean, this man's debt, listen to me, saints of God, this man's debt was more than the total budget of an entire state in Jesus' day. Oh, y'all missed it. He owed more money than a whole state generated. But this debt wasn't so big that it couldn't be forgiven. Ah, even though it's highly likely that the amount of money he owed was more than what was in circulation in the 10 cities known as Decapolis, this debt wasn't so big that it couldn't be forgiven. Come on, talk back to me. Even though, even though theologian William Barclay suggests that if the, un oh my God, come on, Holy Ghost, y'all got to get this part. If the unmerciful servant's debt was measured in dimes, it would take an army of about 8,600 men to carry it. However, this debt was not so big that it couldn't be forgiven. No, 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 you missed it. Even though if each one of the 8,600 soldiers carried a sack of coins weighing 60 pounds and stood three feet apart, they would form a line five miles long. But this debt wasn't so big that it couldn't be forgiven. Hold up, I think I need to talk to somebody up in this church today because your debt, come on Holy Spirit, your debt isn't so big that it can't be forgiven. See, Paul once wrote, I need y'all to talk back to me on today. Paul once wrote in the book of Romans to the church at Rome at just the right time, come on Holy Spirit, I need somebody to get this, at just the right time when we will still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, now to make it more plain to you, the word ungodly is sometimes translated godless. Not just doing that which is against God, but literally being godless. Other times, uh, other times is translated wicked. There are times that the singular word there ungodly is translated as an entire sentence, which reads we were living against God. So the text is basically saying Christ died for people who were actively living against him. Come a little bit closer. I, I, I know I needed that, that Christ died for people who were actively 
actively living against him. So I got news for you on today, Relove. I don't care how big you think your sin is. Come on and talk back to the preacher. I don't care how bad you think your sin is. Somebody is going to get this. I don't care what people say about your sin. Is there anybody that knows? I don't even care what you think about your sin. Because here is the thing. If you believe your sin is so big that God can't forgive it, then your sin is your God, not Jesus. You've heard it before. It's become cliche. Stop telling your God how big your problem is and start telling your problem how big your, come on up in here, somebody. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. To further, to further, to further, to further make this point, uh, you want to know when the right time was? Remember the text says, at the right time, when we were still weak, God died for us. Do you remember when the text said that? Well, the right time, if anybody wants to know, go ahead and shout, tell us, preacher. The right time was recorded in the eighth verse of Romans chapter five. And the right time was while we were yet sinners. Oh, come on now. You mean to tell me while I was living against God, he died to obtain my forgiveness? You mean to tell me while I was wicked, he died to obtain my forgiveness? You mean to tell me while I was godless, he died to obtain my forgiveness? Is there anybody in here happy to hear this good news? This is the gospel that he didn't wait until I got it together. He didn't even wait till you were born. He didn't wait till you realized you needed. He was propitiated. to preach a little bit and y'all playing with me but wait 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 because while Jesus did all of this for us it doesn't matter in the least if you don't accept it yeah, okay yes ma'am while he did all of this for us it doesn't matter a lick if you don't accept it. This is the beauty of the gospel. I need y'all to get this in your spirits on today. The beauty of the gospel is, come on, come on, God. You have a million dollars in your bank account. Why, why are you not paying your rent? Why, why you don't have no groceries in your cupboard? Why are you leasing a car? Because you haven't accessed the million dollars. Are y'all listening to me? All of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross does not matter if you don't accept it. And there are literally more than a dozen reasons you should. But let me just start with the most important reasons. Y'all ready? The most important reason to accept this forgiveness. Are you ready? The absolute most important reason to accept this forgiveness. Are you ready? The people you rolled up with to this church today. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. The most important reason to accept this forgiveness, one of the most important reasons to accept this forgiveness are the people you rolled up with to church today. See, accepting forgiveness of a debt actually affects your family. Y'all saying, preacher, you got to make sense of that. See, it's the same way being in debt can affect them. 
See, even when someone dies, if they owe a debt, that debt does not go away. Generally, the dead person's estate is responsible for paying any unpaid debts, which means if you are set to inherit something because a family member died, you only get what's left after all debts have been settled. Why are you saying this, preacher? Watch the text. Verse 25 says, because he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children. This man being in this debt didn't just affect him. It affected the people he went to church with. See, an unwillingness to forgive is so toxic. It permeates your person. It contaminates coronaries. It saturates souls. It mashes up marriages and it floods families. You see, 50 years ago, industrialists also thought they could just bury toxic waste. And in time, it would just go away. Environmentalists have since learned it doesn't just go away. It makes trouble from the moment it's buried. The soil soaks it up. It seeps into streams. It leaks into lakes. It contaminates crops. It wipes out wildlife and harms human beings. Saints of God and unwillingness to forgive does the exact same thing. It leaks into our limbic system and it wreaks havoc on our emotions. It wreaks havoc on our behaviors. It wreaks havoc on our emotions, on our long-term memory. It distorts our perception of life and ruins our relationships, beginning with our families. Can I tell you something? You probably already know there's a story and it's connected, in my opinion, by uh, 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 the, 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 the amount of money that Jesus uses to make this illustration. Remember, Jesus says that the man owed 10,000 talents. That phrase appears three times in the entire Bible. Can I tell you where another time is? Another time is with a man by the name of Haman. <laughs> now, now, you may have seen the movie, but I was preaching it before the movie came out. That Haman's name is Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. Oh, y'all didn't catch it. Haman, y'all remember Haman and Esther, the story? Haman is the son of Hamadatha. He's an Agagite. Now, preacher, what is an Agagite? An Agagite is a descendant of Agag. Now y'all know who Agag is, right? Now Agag is the king that God told Samuel to tell Saul to go wipe out. But then, and see y'all be, oh, God is so mean in the Old Testament. <laughs> so, 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 so Samuel tells Saul, go deal with the Agagites. Now, for context, let me tell you why he had it, you know, he had it for in for the Agagites. See, I mean, for the Amalekites. He had it in for the Amalekites because when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, they came to Amalek. And when they passed Amalek, the people of Amalek, the soldiers, went out and fought with the stragglers behind the children of Israel. Do y'all know who was at the back of the line when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt? Old people, sickly, and children. So the Amalekites literally went out to the back of the line. They didn't go and fight with Joshua and Caleb. They didn't want that smoke. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm tired, forgive me. 
They ain't want those problems. So they went, and so God said, when I get y'all where y'all going, and I get me a king, or I get me a servant, I'm going to deal with Amalek. So Saul, the first king, God says, I got a mission for you. Go deal with Amalek. Saul goes and, and, and leans on uh, political correctness and keeps Agag alive instead of killing all the Amalekites. Do y'all know who killed Saul and his servant? Go look it up. An Amalekite. See, God oftentimes tells you to deal with something that you don't deal with will be the very thing that takes you out. Not only will it take you out, but hundreds of years later, a man by the name of Haman, a descendant of Agag, for the fact that Mordecai won't bow to him, wants to wipe out all the Jews. That sounds ridiculous until you realize he remembers how all of his people got wiped out. And so not only will the thing impact you in the immediate, later on down the line, it will impact your family. Because here Haman wants to kill. Okay, stop. See, unforgiveness, because all Haman would have had to do was let that thing go. But do you know what happened to Haman? The gallows that he built to hang Jews on, him and his sons were killed on them. Because unforgiveness, harboring unforgiveness doesn't only affect you, it also affects your family. And the only way, listen to me, saints, I'm almost done. The only way to ensure this isn't your or your family's lot is to accept the forgiveness being offered, not just in the text, but by the Jesus who extended us to us with his dying breath. Remember, Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But the question is, Relove, why? Why do we refuse it? See, 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 something in us and the unmerciful servant refuses to believe the word of the king. You missed it. Come back and say it one more time, preacher. The servant who received forgiveness, chose not to believe the word of the king. Okay, preacher, you're not making it plain. The word of the king is now called the Bible. Y'all missing it. Come on, Jesus. Help him out in here today. You got to believe the word of the king. That's how you accept the propitiation that is the death of Christ. That's how you accept the forgiveness that comes from the cross. That's how you accept Jesus into your life. But somehow, some way, for some reason, we refuse to believe there is a creator king. We refuse to believe he had a son. We refuse to believe his son died for the world. We refuse to believe he rose again. We also seem to refuse, despite the staggering 155 times the concept of forgiveness is mentioned in the Bible to accept forgiveness. And so how, how, preacher, how, how, how? Your pastor told me, make it real practical. How, 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 how do we accept forgiveness? Specifically, the forgiveness the king has already secured for us. Number one, first, acknowledge. What did the preacher say? I need to hear everybody. We need to first do what, everyone? Acknowledge that we need forgiveness. I know you think you're perfect. And there's some other things I would say, but it ain't appropriate for church. 
I know you think you're perfect and what you do in the bathroom don't have an odor to it, but that's the truth is. Truth is, hey, you need forgiveness. Even if we feel we don't, don't let pride get in the way. Are y'all listening to me today? Don't let science get in the way. Are y'all listening to me today? Don't let pop culture get in the way. Are y'all listening to me today? Don't let anything get in the way. It's real, real popular right now to reject God because of what men and women in churches do and have done. But don't even let that get in your way. Acknowledge that we need forgiveness. Acknowledge, 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 acknowledge. Now, 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 when you acknowledge it, says the song leader, you then have to do the second thing. Repent. You got to repent. See, if you acknowledge wrongdoing, you got to say what? I'm sorry. Don't just, oh, I guess I need forgiveness, everybody. Again, that's, hey, hey, so, 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 look, the second thing, first, we got to acknowledge. Second, we need to, I need to hear everybody. Acknowledge, then repent. After acknowledging a need for forgiveness, also, 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 this means you're acknowledging the presence of sin in your life. And so the next step is critically important. If you acknowledge the sin, you acknowledge the wrongdoing, Turn from it. Can I tell y'all, you've probably heard it before. The concept of repentance is an ancient Middle Eastern concept. And what it in essence means is realizing you're going the wrong way and turning around and going the other way. Now, let me caution you. Those of you who may be new to this thing called faith, let me caution you. Because, <laughs> come on, Holy Spirit, I need to get it. If I'm going this way and I've, you know, been doing alcohol, I'm going this way and I've been doing drugs. I'm going this way, I've been fornicating. I'm going this way, I've been committing adultery. I'm going this way, I've been stealing. I'm going this way, I've been an idolater. When you turn from it to go back the other way, you're going to meet idolatry again. Come on, Holy Spirit, you're going to meet stealing again. Come on, God, you're going to meet it. Are y'all listening to me? So know that when you go that way and repent and turn away, the stuff doesn't just magically disappear. You're going to have to prove that you're holding on to the strong arm of Jehovah when those temptations come up again. Many people want the benefits of being identified with Christ without admitting their own disobedience and then repenting. The key to forgiveness is acknowledging your sin and turning from it. We don't need to rehearse the situation or add commentary or get all deep and theological. Just simply say, I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. I accept your forgiveness and appreciate your willingness to extend it. That's it. That's it. It ain't climb the steps of Mount Everest. It ain't, it ain't come to church every single day. It ain't uh, increase how much tithe you give. It ain't, it ain't eat more vegan meals. It's God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Number one, acknowledge. Number two, repent. And so that it's nice and tidy. Number three, make amends. Y'all ready? Number one. Number two, number three. See, oftentimes the thing we're acknowledging and repenting of isn't something we've done to God alone, but it's something we have done to one of his children. Y'all missed it. Sin ain't something you just do against yourself. 
Sin sometimes is what you have done to someone else. And see, the real test of our love for God is not how much you worship, not how much you tithe, it's how you treat other people. For God so loved the Seventh-day Adventist church. For God so loved the Christians. Ah, when I read the text, it says, for God so loved that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe should not perish but have everlasting life. For God, see, and he says, see, we don't often say this part when we repeat it. We only say this. For God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, amen, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, dear. But it's the next verse. That really is the icing and the cherry on top. And it says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. I mean, sometimes I believe our church got a PhD in condemnation. <laughs> the text says, for God so loved the whole entire world, the atheists, the Buddhists. Y'all hear me? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Yeah. You want to see this next part? But that the world through him might be saved. Yeah. So the real test is not how we worship and all of that. The real test is how we treat other people, how we treat our family members, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat our coworkers, and yes, even how you treat your enemies. Oh, come on, everybody needs to fall on their face and start praying right now. You said, Pastor, you, I was almost, that almost converted me. Till you start talking about my enemies. No, 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 no. Hell, somebody need to go to hell. Why not my enemy? No, 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 no. Pray for them who despitefully use and persecute you. Are y'all listening to me? We cannot truly love God who we haven't seen while mistreating those we see every day. So make amends with those you have wronged. If you took something that don't belong to you, give it back. <laughs> don't say, Lord gave me forgiveness today so I'm gonna keep that money I stole. No, give it back. If you betrayed a trust, work hard to re-earn that trust. Sir, ma'am, that's the bottom line, make amends. And so just imagine if the unmerciful servant acknowledged, repented, and made amends. Just, just, just imagine if America acknowledged, repented, and made amends. Just, 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 just imagine if the church acknowledged, repented, and made amends. Imagine if your husband, ma'am, lady, sis, acknowledged, <laughs> repented, and made amends. Hold up, though. Brothers, imagine if your wife <laughs> acknowledged, repented. I know, I know. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to run to my car after this. <laughs> acknowledged, repented, and made amends. This, this will happen once we accept the fact that forgiveness is first and foremost forgetting.
It's hard. If we're honest, we pretend we've forgiven. But it's the reason why we say, well, I forgave, but I don't forget. Because you haven't really. See, imagine if Jesus said that on the cross. Lord, forgive, but don't forget. Stop fooling with y'all, relove. Y'all gonna make me have too much fun. Listen, so today, my appeal is simple. Who under the sound of my voice wants to just acknowledge? Come on, raise your hand. You wanna acknowledge, as perfect as I am, Lord, I, I, need, I need a little. I mean, not as much as other people, but I could use a little dose of extra shot, right? Come on, somebody. Lord, I need it. Acknowledge it. And now that you've acknowledged that little bit you need, is anybody who wants to take the next step and repent? If you want to take the next step, if you acknowledge and you want to take the next step and repent, I need you to stand to your feet. I need you to stand to your feet right now. Notice I didn't, I didn't do the third one yet. I said, if you want to acknowledge, raise your hand. I said, if you want to repent, stand on up. Come on, if you want to acknowledge and repent, Stand on up. Come on, stand on up. Stand on up all over. Where's the band at? Y'all can come back. I'm done. Stand up all over this place. All over this place. You acknowledge it. Lord, I need a little bit. Lord, I, Lord, I need a medium-sized bit. <laughs> Lord, I need a whole lot. And now you're saying, I need to repent. Band, you can come back. Praise him. You can load. Listen, and now I need to repent. But watch this. See, because oftentimes when this is a message about only what you've done to God, you don't do this third part. See, because there's somebody, not just God. There's somebody, not just Jesus. Come on, y'all. There's somebody you need to acknowledge you wronged. You need to go and say, I'm sorry, so-and-so. Sorry I stepped on your shoes. I'm sorry I cut you off. I'm sorry I got you fired. I'm sorry I was unfaithful. I'm sorry. I acknowledge I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. And I'm sorry. Let me, third step, let me make amends. Let me make amends. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry, but see, if you wasn't the way you, no, 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 no. You know, I'm sorry, but if you hadn't, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. What can I do? to make it right see it's easy if I let y'all off the hook with you know tell the Lord you sorry and just come to church no 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 go and humble thyself in the sight not of the Lord but of that person you wronged tell somebody I'm sorry what can I do to make it right if you respect them if you want to maintain your integrity as a human being if you want to live this this morality that Christ calls us to it starts with how you treat his children even the people you think you're supposed to condemn. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. So we're standing because we want to acknowledge. We're standing because we want to repent. But now somebody, right now, Father in heaven, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Right now, right now, Lord, somebody needs to be reminded of the person that they are wrong. That person may live in their home with them. That person may work with them. That person may live in their neighborhood, in their apartment complex. God, I want you to right now breathe into them the courage, the confidence needed to go before them. And even if they slam the door in their face, 
apologize and attempt to make amends because you have called us as your representatives to a higher standard. So right now, somebody, oh, I, oh, I see God is, God is showing some of y'all. God is showing some of us. God is showing some of us. Yeah, it's hard. I know you don't want to forgive him. I know, 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 that you haven't first accepted, right? And so, 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 so before y'all run, God is bringing it to your mind, the person. But I need you to, I need you to write that name down or those names between now and next, next Saturday. And next Sabbath, we're going to talk about how to apply forgiveness. Today, today, we just talked about accepting it. Yes, I acknowledge, I repent, I want to make amends. But next week, we want to talk about how to apply it first and foremost to ourselves, because sometimes, can I, I just let me give you a preview? Sometimes the biggest person, the hardest person to forgive for that thing that happened, that abortion, that divorce, is me. That's, that's sometimes where you gotta start there. See, it's one thing you accept, oh, Lord, I accept that you forgave me. Now let me go and, no, 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 no. Come on home with that thing. Father in heaven. Father in heaven, his heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father in heaven, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we come in Jesus' name. We confess that we are sinners in need of salvation. We invite you, God, into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds. Save us, shape us for your purposes. Mold us, God. Give us what we need to accept you've already made available and we thank you for by faith we accept this gift and none other but the matchless the mighty the majestic the soon coming Jesus Christ and everyone that agreed said amen for the father come on say it like you mean it said amen for the father said amen for the son and said amen for the Holy Ghost come on give God a hand clap of praise for the forgiveness that he allowed his son to die that you might have access to that you might accept that you might apply come on somebody thank you lord in jesus name amen don't forget forgiveness is forgetting see y'all next time